Welcome to the latest edition of the Buff Zone podcast. I'm Brian Howell and joined by Pat Rooney. How are you, Pat? Good, Mr. Howell. How you doing? How did Vegas treat you? It was pretty good. Um, you know, I left it, you know, left the New York, New York warm for you. You'll be there uh, this week covering the men's tournament. And oh, we um, got one out. So what's that? We got one in, one out. One in, one out. So, you know, women last week, men this week. And, you know, we, we, we neglected to do a podcast before last week's, uh, you know, women's tournament. So it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, let's recap the women's tournament and then also preview the men's tournament and uh, just kind of see where things are uh, with both of those teams at this point. Um, you know, let, let's start with the women just because they're done. And, you know, they, you know, obviously got the third seed for the tournament, uh, the highest seed they've ever had in their, in their history of the Pac 12 and uh, win a semifinal matchup, kind of, you know, slog through a you know a, a win against eleventh seed at Oregon State, which is playing much better. Uh, but you know, kind of got the jitters out, and then they go against Washington State, who ends up being the Cinderella of the of the whole uh, tournament and winning it on Sunday. But on Friday night in the semifinals, the Buffs just played a terrible game offensively and uh, and couldn't. You know, uh, they had a nice run to get back in the game, but they couldn't uh, hang with Washington State, who goes on and wins the tournament. So. Um, all in all, not a terrible performance, but I do think that uh, that that loss to Washington State, which was unranked at the time, moves into the rankings today, but unranked at the time might have actually cost the Buffs a chance to host. Yeah, that will be an unfortunate part of the equation uh, with, with with that defeat. And uh, you know, agree with you. I was I was following along from home, if you will, uh, watching the games and. and you know, I think it's got to be concerning. Obviously, the Buffs have a bid to the NCAA tournament, you know, whether it's home or otherwise, they're in. Uh, but this team offensively really hasn't played that great the last three weeks or so. Uh, several players have, have hit slumps, you know, most notably among them, Quay Miller. She's certainly not alone in that category. But uh, if I'm Coach J.R. Payne, I would find that a little concerning. You know, I think that's the part that's concerning at this point. Okay, you didn't win the Pac-12 title. Disappointing, sure. But um, you, you can probably, you know, hang your head high and still go home knowing you still have something else to play for. Uh, but, again, this team has got to kind of shake it up on offense if they want to make some noise in what comes next in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you know, outside their home finale against Cal, uh, they had 95 points, which is a season high, played great offensively. But outside of that, um, you know, you saw them at Arizona State, and that's kind of where it started. Uh, didn't play great, had had 20 turnovers. They had 20 turnovers two days later at Arizona and only scored 42 points. Uh, it was okay against uh, Stanford, uh, but missed free throws uh, that could have won that game. And then the Pac-12 tournament, not sharp. And, and they've got to be concerned about Quay Miller, who is – you know, been fantastic all season long, but uh, the last five games, Pat, 10 of 55, which is 18%, uh, you know, she was near 50% shooter up to that point, and she was over 40% shooting from three-point range. Well, she's one of 22 in the last six games from three-point range. When uh, I mean, it's mind-boggling this last weekend. 0 of 16 with, uh, I think it was nine turnovers, uh, in the two games in the tournament. So uh, very, you know, weird, and uh, and it's got to be concerning performance from Quay Miller from uh, the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, obviously she has to find a way to kind of shake it off and kind of hit the reset button. Maybe the extended layoff here uh, before we get to 
the NCAA selection for the women's field will give her a time to, you know, just kind of maybe erase it, move forward. Um, but you have to think a little bit of it isn't her head at this point. This has kind of turned into a prolonged slump. But, you know, maybe that's a uh, silver lining of this long layoff. I personally am not a big fan of the format. You know, teams are so used to playing, uh, you know, week in, week out since November that I've never been a fan of this layoff before the the women's tournament gets going. Um, but in the case of Coy Miller, maybe it's an opportunity to hit the reset button and kind of get back to what she's been doing for most of the season. Yeah, you know, last year they kind of needed it because they were a little banged up, and I, I don't feel like that's the case now. I mean, obviously everybody has bumps or bruises uh, this time of year, but they seem pretty healthy. Uh, but mentally might be where it's at for the buffs. And, you know, as you know, when you cover the Pac-12 tournament, um, it's a different viewing perspective for the media uh, because we're never really down on the court uh, during the season. Even the event center, we're up in that corner. So it's kind of interesting sitting, you know, basically courtside uh, where you can kind of see the faces of the players a little bit better. And it appeared to me that it was kind of getting to her head, Quay Miller's head a little bit. But again, I'm not that close usually, so I don't know if that's, if I'm reading body language that uh, is typically there and maybe there wasn't a concern there, but it just seemed like there was some frustration building there. They've got to get that figured out or else, uh, you know, it may not matter what seed they're at in the NCAA tournament that they're, they're going to have to get her to play well. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, she's been your most consistent scorer all season, uh, can score inside and outside and has really at times kind of carried this team, especially early in the PAC 12 schedule. So they have to get, Quay Miller on track. And again, she's certainly not the only one to struggle, but she's uh, probably the most prominent and, and the one that's maybe struggled the most and maybe the one that they really need to get back to form the most going into the NCAA tournament. So, uh, but, you know, like we said, in this case, maybe the layoff is a, uh, is a good thing in, in her case. And uh, yeah, I have to agree with you on the vantage we get in, in Las Vegas. I got a couple of those on the road where I got to be, courtside i know uh the game against tennessee in, in nashville the the tournament in myrtle beach i i got those opportunities but it doesn't happen too often a couple times i've been lucky i've been stuck right behind bill walton uh in the tv <laughs> crew over there uh uh <laughs> during the men's game so um but that's definitely a nice little perk of of, of this work week for us yeah for sure and i will say one a uh, couple quick things before you uh, move on to the men one positive out of this tournament uh, was Aaron Von Ley was fantastic in this tournament and, you know, might have been a confidence-building performance for her. Uh, she played really well. So if you can get Quay going, those two are going to be, uh, you know, a great one-two punch, as they've been most of the year. But, I, you know, I think Aaronette played really well. And then kind of where the women are at at this point, Pat, uh, as of right now, I mean, the ESPN's latest projections, uh, they're, they're out of five. You know, they were out of four last week and then uh, kind of bumped down after after losing to Stanford. But uh, they're out of five now. UCLA kind of overtook them with uh, their run to the title game. But I imagine they're probably going to be a five or a six. Uh, Washington State, you know, could have uh, – you know, beating Washington State could have helped them a lot, but they didn't. And uh, most of the tournaments are done at this point. So there's not a lot of movement that's going to happen, I don't think, other than the Big 12 is still going on this week. And so you got Texas and Oklahoma are right there about, around where the buffs are. So maybe hope those two teams, uh, you know, lose early in the Big 12 tournament. But otherwise, the buffs probably looking at a five or a six seed. Yeah. And just as a reminder, everyone is the top 16 seeds in the women's tournament, the top four in each region. 
they get to host games and the Buffs looking like they're going to be just on the outside of that. It's hard to see them uh, breaking into that, uh, breaking into that realm at, at this point. It, as, as you know, there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for movement, you know, really hardly any at this point. So, um, you know, they'll have to go somewhere. They'll have to play well and we'll have to let the chips fall where they may. Speaking of projections, I you know it's hard for me to believe the men's team still has uh, some NIT aspirations. If you look at some of the NIT bracketology out there, how you like that for a transition? <laughs> I like it. So, so let's get into that because you know I did my uh, my chat with fans earlier today and and was asked, um, "Hey, is is the only path to the NCAA tournament uh, them winning the uh, the whole Pac-12 tournament?" Well, well, yes, absolutely. That's the only way they get in. And I said, I'm not even sure they're an NIT team right now, but what are you seeing as far as the projections, uh, as far as like what maybe the Buffs have to do this week to get to the NIT? I mean, the thing is, their net has all season, their net ranking has been kind of above the curve of where it seems like it should be, given the way that they're playing in general. Um, you know, a lot of it stems back to that win against Tennessee early in the season, uh, the win on a neutral floor against Texas A&M, who has played great down the stretch as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, the the Buffs got a lot of equity from those two wins. Um, so, it, you know, as wild as it seems and as up and down as it's been, the idea that they are going to go to the NIT is not completely far-fetched, but I think they have to win on Wednesday. I think you have to beat – Washington, you know, this is a team that, you know, technically you finished tied for eighth place with them. Uh, Washington gets the tiebreaker as the eighth seed, you know, it only really matters for the jersey color you're going to wear in the 8-9 game. But uh, the Buffs went 0-2 against Washington. You know, it's hard to see them. You know, I, I still would question whether they deserve an NIT bid, but it, it's certainly hard to say they would deserve one with three losses against Washington a loss against Oregon State, loss against Grambling, and a loss against Cal on their their resume. And, you know, some of it might depend on how many Pac-12 teams get into the NCAA tournament. Obviously, Arizona and UCLA are locks. USC has kind of played their way into a little bit more substantial footing uh, for the NCAA tournament. But if they come out and lose their first game, um, and you know, maybe there's some upsets around the country and, you know, some, you know, less automatic, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, more automatic bids that take up some of the at-large spots. Obviously a lot of that is still to be determined as the rest of this week goes on. Um, you know, USC is on the right side now, but anything can happen. But, you know, if they fall out, you, you got to think USC and Oregon and Arizona States are ahead of the buffs in the PAC 12 pecking order for the NIT and, uh, you know, maybe Utah is as well if they pick up a win. You know, the Buffs passed them in the net rankings uh, by beating them the other day. Uh, but that can change, uh, you know, with one good day for Utah, an opening day at, at the Pac-12, and a bad, bad day for the Buffs. So right now, you know, I think they have to win against Washington uh, for, for those projections really to have any merit at this point. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And uh, it seems like if you get that one, you know, you're a couple games above 500 and, and you know, looking better at least because at that point, if you lose, you lose to UCLA, which is not a bad loss. So, um, and you know, you mentioned that you know Washington beat the Buffs twice this season, but hey, Washington State women were zero and two against Utah, zero and two against Colorado, and beat both of them on the way to the title. So, um, that old saying, it's hard to beat a team three times. 
Washington's got to figure out how to do that. You know, I think Colorado can beat Washington. Um, now they're gonna have to do it without KJ Simpson, which is the difficult part. And uh, but I, I do think they can beat Washington, don't you? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I kind of I kind of think they will beat Washington, to be honest. Uh, as you alluded to, the old it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. Uh, both those games were very close games, uh, the one in Seattle and uh, it was just a three point game at home, you know, home loss against uh, yeah three points in January. Um, so certainly uh, they're capable of the bus to not shoot well. Against that zone, I believe it was eight for 31 combined in the two games on three pointers. Uh, and KJ Simpson uh, was a is a big loss for this team. But you know, it's interesting, and I'm I'm going to maybe uh, ask Julian about this. You know, as we're talking here, I'm going to be heading out to practice in a little bit. But Julian Hammond has twice stepped in for KJ Simpson in the starting lineup, and it's, it's, you know, Hammond is guilty of being one of many guys on this team that has had you know a really up and down season but tell you what in his two games that he has started in place of Simpson have have been two of his best games of the season so uh, for whatever reason maybe he reacts well to uh, that situation Uh, certainly has embraced the challenge on the couple of occasions that uh, he's been asked to and uh, you you know it, it all it takes is for one guy to get hot you know Ethan Wright has showed signs a little bit lately um, don't know if Javon Ruffin's going to be available for this tournament. Hoping to find that out today as well. But he's been out for a little bit. Don't know how effective he'll be if he gets in there. And, uh, you know, even without KJ, it was very encouraging to see Tristan Da Silva get back into it uh, against Utah after suffering the ankle injury late against UCLA. Uh, it sounded like it was sore and he was less than 100%, but he seemed to be moving around great on it. Uh, he shot the ball well. Uh, we'll have a few more days here to to kind of rest up and and hopefully be uh, in even better condition on Wednesday. So I still think this the Buffs have a good win in them against Washington. Um, then we'll see how it goes from there. You know they've played UCLA tough twice. You know a couple things about the UCLA matchup is they play at at a a more deliberate pace. They're not a high up tempo team, so chances are it'll be a close game. Uh, the Buffs played them t- uh, tough twice during the regular season. And, you know, it's a team that sometimes, you know, if it's a six-point game late in, in you know, maybe five minutes left, the, uh, um, you know, the the six points can maybe sound feel like 16 against UCLA. They're that kind of team. But uh, it'll be a close game. When it's a close game, anything can happen. So, uh, but obviously looking ahead a little bit, uh, Buffs focus on Washington on Wednesday. And we'll see what happens. They have to uh, play the early game that day, opening the first round on Wednesday. And I do think they're going to come out strong. Uh, they, they have a history of doing so in this tournament. Only once uh, in the previous 11 appearances at the Pac-12 tournament have they lost the first game. Um, and, and really only once on, in, in 12 seasons previously under Tad Boyle have they lost the first game of a league tournament. So uh, if they keep that going, they'll get one more shot at UCLA on Thursday. Yeah, that, that'll that be huge. And, you know, you talked about some of the – individual players uh you know without kj simpson you know julian hammond is so key um you know and tristan de silva you're right it was good to see him get back they need more than the one rebound he had against utah but you know you'll take one from him if neat clifford's got 11 like he did right and uh, i think you and i talked about it briefly um I, i think we were texting after the utah game but that was huge for neat clifford to step up like that because uh they they have not had that 
out of Neek very much this year. And um, that was his first career double-double, correct? Exactly, yes. Yeah. So 14 points, 11 boards against Utah. Um, he started rebounding after Tad challenged him, you know, after that USC game. And, uh, you know, 20 rebounds the last two games. They need Neek Clifford to be that guy in Vegas. And then Tristan De Silva kind of be his usual self. Julian Hammond to step up. And I think if they get those three guys going at the same time, I think you you kind of there's steady people with Luke O'Brien and some of those other guys that you'll get the irregular contributions and you can, you can, you can be to Washington and hang with the UCLA. Yeah. It's going to, someone, someone that you didn't mention, I think is going to have to step up and, and hit some shots. You know, maybe a couple of guys I mentioned, whether it's an Ethan Wright uh, or maybe Luke O'Brien knocks down a couple from long range. He's been a you know a little bit better on that front recently. Obviously it's just been tremendous on the glass recently. Luke O'Brien has, and, uh, they'll need more of that in Las Vegas, but uh, especially against Washington in that zone, they're going to need someone to step up and knock down a couple from long range. Um, Tad Boyle, I remember the game at Washington. He actually started Ethan Wright, hoping uh, that would be the case that he could knock down a couple early and get the team going. That didn't happen. Uh, it was still a close game late, and, and Washington pulled away down the stretch. But uh, I think it's going to take that. They haven't had anyone knock down, uh, you know, decent amount of threes and either of the matchups against Washington, but uh, they'll need that, I think, on Wednesday, uh, you know, to get that victory and maybe make things interesting for the NIT. Yeah, and hey, maybe Quincy Allen will have some good practice habits leading into the tournament and uh, get himself involved as well. Uh, we'll see. You know, um, it's been interesting. You know, uh, uh, it's been tough to get a read exactly on how, you know, Tad Boyle intends to use him. He only used him for a couple minutes uh, against... UCLA, when we didn't see him at all in the second half, and uh, you know, kind of again the other day, didn't really see him after a, you know a quick appearance in in the first half. So uh, with Jalen Gabadon healthy now um, and Luke O'Brien playing really well, I don't expect big minutes from Quincy Allen at all. But uh, uh, it's been interesting to see him get out there. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I, I, it sounds like you're thinking the Buffs win on Wednesday. I think they do as well. I think they get Wednesday and then you know, somewhat make it interesting on hopefully make it interesting on Thursday uh, against the Bruins, but overall Pac-12 tournament, I think you and I, uh, neither of us will expect CU to win this thing. So who is your pick to win the whole tournament? Yeah, I still like UCLA. Um, I know they're the one seed. It's the easy choice, but uh, they're still balanced now. They did have an injury the other day, Jalen Clark. I have not seen exactly um, what the status is going to be for him, but it didn't look good necessarily to to turn around and be ready for Thursday. But uh, certainly an X factor there. But uh, you know the you know with Tiger Campbell at the point, um, Adim Bona's really come on the freshman in the middle. Um, it, you know, kind of giving them a rebounding and, and defensive presence in the middle, and then Jaime Aquas is my choice for the Player of the Year uh, in the conference. And he's just a really stable leader. Uh, can hurt you outside, inside. Great rebounder, great leader. I just really like their balance. Um, and you know they can they can lull you asleep a little bit. They don't play at a huge pace. Um, they they play great defense. Um, they kind of force you into mistakes, and they're great at taking advantage of them. So, um, however, if it winds up being as upset filled a tournament as what you saw in the women's tournament, uh, I'll gladly take it because obviously it'll make for an interesting week here in Las Vegas. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I actually think I'm going to pick Arizona to win this tournament. I know they have not played the best basketball down the stretch, three and three down the stretch, and 
uh, you know, UCLA won the conference by four games, which may be a little bit of a surprise. I thought that the, those two teams would be closer together. Uh, but, you know, Vegas always seems Arizona fans show up in droves and I, and it kind of becomes like, uh, like mini Tucson over there. And uh, I think Arizona wins this tournament, but I think it's going to be those two in the final. Um, if there's a sleeper though, I think that, you know, USC or Oregon, you know, one of those two teams, they're the other top four seeds, right? Um, do, yeah. Does either one of those have a shot to win this thing? I think USC does. Um, obviously as the three seed, they, uh, you know, theoretically will have to get by Arizona. Um which they, you know, are certainly are capable of. But, you know, Boogie Ellis is a great scorer. Drew Peterson does a little bit of everything for that team. Um, they've, they've got pretty good uh, balance after those guys. And, and Oregon, you know, Nafali Dante is a guy who's really come on strong down the stretch. You know, I'm still not – Will Richardson hasn't had a great year at, at, at the point guard, uh, but he's still a steady leader. You know, Oregon's one of those teams uh, always has a penchant for getting hot at this time of year. But – you know, I don't know if a three seed counts as a sleeper, but I think if someone's going to kind of crack that top two, uh, you know, that year-long top two of Arizona and UCLA, USC has the best shot of doing so. Yeah, so I don't expect anybody from day one to win it, but who who's the best team from day one that could win this thing? Best shot? I'm going to say Arizona State because they That's what I was thinking. these shooters that can get hot. I mean, they can they're probably the most capable of going out and having a game where they go, you know, 13 for 20 from three. Now they're equally capable of maybe going three for 20. Um, but if those guys get hot, um, they've played a lot of co- close games. I mean, Desmond Cambridge has been uh, awesome uh, in late game situations for most of the season. He beat the bus here. He's the one that launched the half court bomb that knocked off Arizona uh, a couple weeks ago. So, um, just, you know, that, that team has a lot of balance and a lot of athleticism and, uh, you know, you know, kind of some guys that have been around, not necessarily at Arizona state, but they've played a lot of college basketball and, you know, they're a team that can, that can get hot. So I think among the first day teams, that's the one that would maybe be most capable of putting a run together. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't expect any of them to do that, but when I look at that side of the bracket, like Arizona state's the one that kind of sticks out to me and as a team that could potentially make that run. But as far as the buffs go, we'll see what kind of run they have in them and um, see if they can at least get past Wednesday, which like you said, they normally do. They normally get through that first round. So we'll see if they can at least do that. As I say, one game at a time, right? That's all you can do at this point. I think I, I actually heard Tad. I was driving back from the airport on Saturday and heard the post game and, uh, and Tad had a funny quote. He said, he was with Mark Johnson on the post game, and uh, he said, "You know, we don't have to win all the games without KJ Simpson. We just have to win the next one." Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, and at at this point, and if they lose the next one, their season most likely is over. So, uh, you know, it's it's pretty much win or go home at this point for the Buffs, and uh, you know, it might make it nerve wracking for fans, but this is a fun time of year for college basketball. Yeah, so we'll see if the Buffs can actually, you know. You know, they're in some NIT projections. We'll see if they can get a win at least and uh, get themselves in the NIT and play some more basketball. So that'll be fun. But, um, Pat, for now, you have a safe trip to Vegas. You're heading out there tomorrow. Um, and uh, we'll see how the Buffs do this week. Yep. Always enjoy covering this tournament. Um, and as always, folks, uh, Brian and I will do this again next week, presumably ahead of the NCAA 
women's tournament. And, uh, you know, as always, thanks for tuning in.